welcome back to another episode of The Money Honey with me, your host, Rosalia Lazaratilli, also the founder and CEO of Manuka Media. And I have to keep saying this because I didn't think I was ever going to do it, but I'm also a Amazon number one best-selling author, keynote speaker, and I also do a lot of work in schools as an enterprise advisor. So if you're new to the show, if you're new to me and who I am, that's a little intro into who it is that I am. But this show is all about bringing to the stage the women in finance, in property and in construction in typical male trades. So we've had accountants, um, like I said, we've had construction uh, managers, quantity surveyors, but they are women in the industry. Because uh, again, if you're new to the show, this was born nearly a year ago now. Um, and a lot of women, given that I work in financial services, um, have always said, oh, we need more women out there. We just need to see more female faces. And it's like, well, yeah, the only way we're going to do that is if you actually are a face in the industry and you put yourself out there. We can't do it on our own. We all have to get together. We, In order to change the narrative, we have to change the narrative. And that that's by speaking up. That's by showing your face. So the lovely money honeys that come on the show are being extremely brave because I appreciate it takes guts and it takes, um, you know, confidence to be able to put yourself out there because we are all afraid of what people might think. We are afraid of, you know, the um, the backlash, but we're doing it in a positive light. We're doing it because we have to really be our own advocates first and then we can show others what is possible. So the women on the show that are coming here are here to represent not only themselves, but you. So I ask kindness only on this show that if you are listening, if you are on the show, you show the utmost respect for the speaker on the show because they are actually showing up for you and themselves. So today I am so excited to bring this gorgeous Muddy Honey on the show. Not only is she a new client, she's actually um, currently working with me behind the scenes. We're working on um, her social media strategy, um, building her campaign around, you know, getting uh, the um, mortgage brokers to use uh, her services. So I'll explain that in a minute. Um, so we're actually working behind the scenes. So I know how hard she's working to get her brand out there. She's uh, cultivating it. She's developing it. And we are putting it out there. So with a decade in banking and finance, like literally so much knowledge and experience is about to come on the show. Our girl, Molly Markey, is she excels in bridging and development. She started as a relationship management apprentice at NatWest and then went through her whole corporate career, you know, with NatWest. And then she joined a more specialist startup lender before then actually. So, you know, for this past decade, she's been handling a lot of um, complex cases, bridging development deals. But um, she really, in her latter years um, in her career, wanted to focus on operational efficiency, um, you know, managed uh, development loans. She trained junior team members. So she really started to impart her knowledge on the rest of uh, on, on the people around her. And then she found, who is, has also been on the show, she found Alistair Hoyne, the CEO of Finance Group. Now, you're probably thinking, why on earth was there a guy speaking on the money, honey? Uh, listen, everyone, you cannot change the narrative if we are just talking to ourselves, okay? You have to have men and women 
as part of the conversation. And Alistair put his hand up and was like, I am definitely part of this conversation because he's got more female leaders at finance group than any other type of leader. And one of the leaders on the show today is Molly. So Molly, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's nice to be a money honey. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you so much for, like I said, for speaking up and for, um, you know, putting yourself in that position for us all. But listen, I've given a bit of a um, of an intro. Please give us your own intro. Who are you? What do you do at Finance Group? And who who is Molly? So I'm currently the managing director of Finance Group's lending arm, Finance Capital. I would say personally, um, I'm really privileged to be a part of that. I obviously worked, like you say, previously in like an operational role and I did a little bit of relationship management and obviously Alistair was one of our clients and unfortunately we all got made redundant and he kept messaging me and I was thinking, oh, he's really nice. He's trying to help me find a job somewhere. And eventually I was like, look, it's fine. I can, I can, I can sort myself. And he was like, no, I just want to see if you'll uh, help me start a lender. So I was like, all right, yeah, of course. You should have just said that to begin with. <laughs> so... Yeah, personally, I mean, I'm just love a bit of sun, bit of networking, meeting new people. And, um, you know, in a past life, I did sort of work abroad and, and that kind of thing. So I've always had that little side of me that likes to meet new people and, you know, a bit of sales here and there and whatnot. So, yeah, just uh, starting a new role and hoping for the best. <laughs> Amazing. So you basically started a lens. So tell us a little bit about your MD of Finance Capital, but what is Finance Capital? So we are a predominantly a short-term bridging and development lender, but with a bit of a twist. So we have a lot of sort of bespoke products that perhaps a lot of other lenders don't have the appetite for. For example, we're really into the title splitting side of finance, which I know um, has become a massive sort of trend almost in the property world at the minute. So we sort of offer uh, lending against the values once the titles have been split. Um, and I think we're probably one of the only lenders out there doing that kind of thing. And um, I think when we started the lender, you know, I'd already worked for a startup lender and I thought, wow, this is crazy, crazy market to be starting in. And we're, um, you know, this is going to be, you know, I was umming and ahhing about it, I was quite cautious. And because obviously I'd just been in somewhere that had to shop. And when we discussed this, the type of products and the sort of like mantra, we'll say, of being a custom fit lender rather than a generic lender, I, I just thought, you know what? It sounds like this could actually really work. So hopped straight on board and, and it started to get the process rolling. Amazing. That's that's fantastic. So sometimes the, the best things do come out of nowhere, don't they? Um, you know, you're just like, wow, I wasn't planning this. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. And it turns out to be so much better than you originally thought. But how does someone come across bridging? Because I know we've spoken about this offline. How did you come into the bridging world and how did you find it when you first started? Because I think for a lot of women, um, if you can touch on that point of you know, a lot of women actually do find it quite daunting to be in specialist lending because it is so, or predominantly has been so male dominated. So how did you come to find it? So actually, like all good things, like you say, complete accident. I was uh, 
working for another bank, but maybe I'd only been there a few months and I was umming and ahhing about it. And then I just bumped into a lady in a shared office space, um, kitchen, <laughs> and I saw she looked at my LinkedIn profile and I thought she looked really familiar. So we got chatting and just sort of explained, you know, didn't think where I currently was was for me. Um, it was quite sort of credit-based and as great as I'll say I am at a lot of aspects, I don't think credit's probably my forte. Um, so she sort of said like, there's this really great private bank and they've just opened this uh, specialist lending arm. And she continued to sort of briefly explain the concept of bridging. Now, I'd never come across this kind of lending before and I was like, this sounds a bit odd, like a bit wonga, you know, of the property world. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll have a chat with them. And she said there was a really great team dynamic and, you know, the people were really on the ball. So sort of had a chat with them and got to know sort of uh, my my old boss, the head of operations and also one of my best friends <laughs> and the head of sales there. And they sort of took me on the relationship executive and learn from the relationship managers how to structure deals and that kind of thing but I'll be honest before that you you could have said the word bridging and I it would have gone straight over my head I have to say oh I was uh, very similar in your position actually because when I first got into financial services I started um working for a specialist packager so I'd never done any high street vanilla cases in my life um and I just jumped straight into doing bridging development commercial. And I was like, what is this rate? Or why is it so, you know, so it was, it was quite daunting and scary. And you just have to obviously learn who your ideal customers are and learn who's actually going to benefit from a product like this. And then um, it all makes sense and it slots into place. Um, but do you find that... Um, it's a, it's a welcoming industry for women. Um, you know, do you, do you see a, a, a big split or disparity or do you feel like, how, how are you feeling? Like if there was a, a woman listening to this right now thinking, oh gosh, you know, the last time I walked into a room of specialist brokers and specialist lenders, I was the only girl in there. But is that really the case anymore? You know, is it is it as, yeah, is it as antiquated as we think it is? And be honest I think I've probably come in at a great time and uh, the world is getting a little bit more woke shall we say so but to be honest we do come up against these battles I think I the the bank I previously worked for was quite a traditional institution and um, with a lot of male dominated senior management roles and um, and I think that was a bit of a battle I think when we first joined there'd been some sort of talk about how there was a pay gap and you know, they needed to promote more women within within the bank. And I think for a really traditional institutional bank like that to sort of try and change their ways was great. Um, and, you know, in the end, I think, you know, we had a couple of senior heads that were women, our head of credit was a woman, head of operations was a woman. So I think they really did take try and take the step in the right direction. And, you know, obviously I met Alistair and when we had a chat about kind of thing, and he was like, look, he was like, some of the best people that work for me are women and they, you know, they've really helped the business grow and that was really refreshing. But, you know, sometimes you do go to these networking events. I mean, even last night we, we, we went to one and it was more based around real, real estate and surveyors and, and solicitors. But I think there was like three girls there. 
So no way. But like, oh, that's crazy. But I mean, sometimes it has its advantages, you know, because you sort of stand out a little bit and it's easier to talk to people because they're like, oh, you're one of the only women here sort of thing. I actually, yeah, I have to say, I, I it depends. It depends what room I'm in, but I'm definitely seeing a massive change in how many women enter property and financial services. Um, in fact, I actually think it's, it's really populated with a lot of women. I go to property networking events or, um, you know, industry events, and you've got a lot of women there that are in property, a lot of partner, couple, uh, like partner businesses as well. So I think it's definitely, I've been in, you've been in the industry for, for a decade now. So how does it compare to how it was 10 years ago in comparison to today? Do you see a difference? Yeah, I, I think I do. I think when I initially did probably my first apprenticeship at RBS, I would say, I don't know if this is, it's, I'm not saying anyone was sort of, you know, gender bias or anything. It might just be sort of how things were previously. It just sort of rolled out that way. But I would say there was a lot of uh, the relationship managers and directors were probably 95% male with the the sort of um, assistance roles that we were in, sort of corporate assistance, being predominantly women. Um, I mean, there was obviously a couple of men, but I would say that was the kind of um, look it had to it. You know, it was women supporting men. And I think since I sort of left there after my apprenticeship, went away. And when I came back, I was offered a a role within that same sort of um, team. And I have to say there was, you know, our regional manager was a woman. There was was just loads more women just with these more high-powered jobs where, you know, they, they worked their way up through the ranks and... There's, there wasn't that bias and to be honest with you I'll, I'll, I never felt like that so whenever I, I sort of worked for NatWest and, and anywhere sort of like that I never felt because I was a woman I wouldn't be able to work my way up point. and so obviously when I went to work for quite a traditional institutional bank then I would say it's probably a li- they were probably a little less progressive than uh, NatWest I think it was probably a bit more of a culture shock but when we saw they were making the right steps in the right direction, we were like, Do you know what? It's everyone's sort of making the effort at this point and, you know, women are being considered for these roles based on merit and um, rather than being cast aside. So it was it was nice to see. Amazing. No, that's really, really positive. It's good to get your perspective on it and how you experienced it because obviously everyone's experience is totally different. But you are a female leader. You are have actually made it to a very high position you know you're an md of a of a um of a bank right of a lender so that how how do you summarize to a a a listener today of how they can develop their career you know what did you do to develop your career how did you get to a leadership position i think it's a lot of absorbing information so when I first came into bridging, I just tried to get involved into every aspect I could. So I was obviously on in a sales role, more of a relationship management role. And um, so I started there and, you know, I'd asked to write sales proposals or papers on our clients just so I could get that sort of knowledge and have it sort of marked by credit and just, just to see how you can really sort of structure deals and, and talk about clients. And I think if you get that context, especially for, from the credit side, because obviously credit are so on top of everything. They, you know, there's that 
whole credit sales divide where sales can sometimes be a little bit slapdash and they're like, oh, just make it work, we'll make it work. But credit obviously have that, they have to analyze everything. So I just tried to get as much knowledge from that side as possible to make me a better sort of salesperson up front. And then I think when the opportunity arose, so I assisted our head of operations to build uh, our Encino system at my previous role. So I got really involved with that, helped with build and the testing and sort of self-taught, uh, like mini coding it's called, where, you know, we did form generation and coded that. And I think just getting yourself a, a really involved. So I know we've seen like in previous jobs, even like before my days in finance, people, you know, they want to come to work. They want to get their wage and they want to go home and totally understandable. You know, if that's, that's sort of the path you want to go down, you want to stay in that sort of sales role or that credit role. And you're not interested in sort of venturing out, but I just wanted to have a bit of taste of the whole process, really, you know, structuring deals, the front end case managing deals and dealing with legals and knowing what legal documents. And then also sort of in the end, picking up the back end of portfolio management, you know, looking at development deals, releasing development funds and sort of assessing quantitative A reports. And my, obviously I had a great manager who she really helped me get involved in all aspects of the process. And I think I wouldn't be where I am now without someone like that. And I would, I would probably say to people, if you just try and get involved in as much as possible and, and absorb as much information in, in the early days. You know, if I'd not done that, I'd never have had this job offer. And in my head when I was doing that, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'll get a job out of learning this little bit of the process. But, you know, just doing that naturally has ended up me knowing Alistair, him knowing my my strengths and what I did at, at the bank from being a client of ours. And that's obviously led to me helping him start this lender and helping him put, you know, the processes in place, helping him to set up funding lines and you know it that's I think it's yeah absorb 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 amazing yeah absolutely learning is the best way because this industry is changing all the time there the financial services is a fast-paced changing industry and you know criteria and um you know products and the market so yeah you have to constantly keep on it and keep learning what do you do outside of, you know, when you're not working, Molly? Who's Molly? So this is going to be what like two do? generic responses, but I've always been like, when I was younger, a bit of a traveler, you know, went to Thailand a lot. So holidays is like my main form of, uh, of joy in life, I have to say. I feel like that's why I do come to work, because I do enjoy a holiday. But, you know, just the usual stuff. I've got a lot of friends that live across country from, you know, meeting them while I worked abroad and off and visit them and they come and visit me and I won't lie we have a lot of drinks we love to drink <laughs> that's uh one of the things but I also have cutest little dog so a lot of walks with him I mean you know he struggles he's a little bit chubby unfortunately but we take him on big walks and and uh you know I live quite close to some really nice parks and uh water parks and things so generally I'm not I've not got any crazy hobbies like skydiving um <laughs> I'm not as extreme as that unfortunately I wish I did but yeah that's that's it I just love socializing which I think really helps with the job as well to be fair that's um 
you, there's no right or wrong, you know, whatever you love to do, you know, you do like that's, uh, that's your choice. And sometimes, you know, having a nice walk in nature is the, the best thing. Like that's such good medicine for the heart, the soul, the mind. It really just keeps you relaxed. So yeah, I love that, you know, walking. I try to walk daily if I can, because otherwise I, I yeah. go crazy. Um, so Molly, how can viewers, listeners, like who are you trying to actually connect with? Who would you love to meet? Um, you know, I know you love meeting people, but what kind of people are you looking to meet? People with sort of similar values. So anything from potential clients to just people really interested in the industry. Like it's just like yourself, it, you know, uh, having chatting with you for the last few weeks has been really great. And um, it's just it's just nice to meet other people who have sort of worked their way up and they're the kind of people you really want to get to know. And I think people with similar values, you can get on with well. It, it makes work less work because if you actually enjoy interacting, and look, everyone's going to have clients or people that they don't get on with on a personal level, let's face it. But if you can get on with people on a personal level and do business with them, it's just, it's it's nice. But I mean, anyone really, I, funnily enough, at uh, networking last night, I met this lovely uh, girl and she's sort of friends of friends and even though she's just starting her career in finance it was just really refreshing to sort of meet someone who's like yeah I'm really ready to go want to get myself out there want to find you know she's in hospitality she's looking to move on and just nice to meet someone like that and you know offer some advice you know if you have a chat with this person they can help you and I just know that I could be friends with her on a personal level and go out with her on a night out also work on a day-to-day basis so it's just nice to meet people like that. So who is that? When you say just, yeah, nice people, is it like a broker? Is it, um, you know, financially, like what kind of people would you like to reach out to? And um, yeah, that if you can give us a little yeah, bit I on that. brokers. I mean, they are the driving force of everything you do as a bridging lender. And um, obviously there's different varieties of brokers and what they do and sort of the level they do it at. but it's they are my ideal audience I would say and um, you know I've made some really good sort of connections with brokers over the years and um, but probably only scratched about five percent of the surface let's face it and that's the kind of people I need to meet and I'm, I'm happy to go out with happy to sit and have a coffee with kind of thing and you know what I, I you know sometimes brokers get back rap but a lot of the ones I've met previously have just been like nice to get on with. And, you know, I'm one of these people when I'm networking or meeting new brokers. The last thing to talk about probably is work. And I just want to get to know them because I think you can get almost on a personal level and make yourself sort of friends almost. And um, especially, you know, colleagues at the very, at the very least, it's, it just makes doing business a little bit easier. And um, so, last thing they want to talk about is work but if they do have something obviously I'm not going to say no yeah totally I know exactly what you mean because obviously I do make I've made a lot of friends in this industry and um, we do talk about work all the time but actually it's just so nice to be surrounded by, by people who also have the same vision and the same aspirations as as myself so I do love helping people um in that same space so if uh, brokers, mortgage brokers, if property investors did want to connect with you, how can they find you, Molly? The best way would be LinkedIn. Um, and then I've got obviously my email address details and, and the kind of thing I can pass on. But 
LinkedIn's probably the best way, I think. Um, it's it's just easy, isn't it? And it just, you know, they can look at my profile and see all the work I've been doing with you. And <laughs> hopefully they're like, you know what? She's, uh, she's worthwhile having a chat to. Definitely worthwhile having a chat, guys, because it's a, it's a lender that is doing something different in the market. You know, you're as a lending product or as a lending service, you are in control of the funding line, aren't you? And you're actually able to craft a deal, right? It's not just a really strict product criteria. You know, you're really creative, you're really forward thinking, and you're going to create something that the people want. So if there are any... Um, futuristic, innovative, um, you know, creative brokers out there who are trying to constantly bring uh, novelty and innovation to their uh, to their clients, then Molly is absolutely the person to speak with because if you are, a lot of brokers say, oh, we'll find the best solution for you or we will definitely um, be very creative or some people say, you know, we can do anything you want us to do, right? But actually, they always go to the same lender. And you're like, how are you actually delivering something new to your clients if you're constantly using the same lender or the same two or three lenders? So if you actually want to create something and you want something bespoke or you want to dictate to a lender and, and they're listening, you guys are listening, right? You're really willing to listen and open to actually uh, taking on brokers, uh, the broker voice, right? That's it, I think great thing is you know we you know from having brokerage originally we understand the sort of issues brokers have to deal with and we just wanted to sort of fill gaps where they hadn't been filled previously I think and what I love about working for the finance group is you know if we have a client if I have a client approach me directly I can say well look we want to give you we want to make sure you are getting the best terms for your deal so rather than me just giving them terms from us at Finance Capital, I always sort of pass them through to Alistair or one of the girls on the brokerage and, you know, we get them a set of terms and then we can say, look, we are the best deal here. We can give you sort of more day one or we can sort of price it a little bit lower and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's nice to work somewhere where we can actually say we are giving you the best deal. It's not just wham, bam, here's your terms, don't like it, sort of lump it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah, very creative. Like I said, um, innovation is absolute key. Um, so listen, Molly, I, I this always happens where I feel like I could keep going, but we've come to the end of the show. Um, we like to keep this, these, um, you know, to half an hour so that people, um, I hear people are listening to these on their commute to work or on the, uh, on the way back home and things like that. So what are your closing comments before we wrap it up? What do you want women who are listening to this show to remember about you or to what do you want them to remember like a top tip that you have or a or a mantra that you live by maybe it's a quote what is that closing kind of statement you know what just have that self-confidence I mean I as you know lack a little bit sometimes there but you just work really hard sort of stay in your lane keep going keep pushing persevering you know absorb all that knowledge and info you can you will eventually sort of have your break, get your big break. So just keep going. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Yes, thank you. Well, you heard it 
You heard it, guys. Molly suggests that you keep keep your head down, work hard, learn, 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 absorb everything you can and really stay focused and keep developing yourself. So Molly, you have been a phenomenal money, honey. Thank you so much for being oh, on the show. For me. And I can, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I can't wait to carry on doing the work that we're doing offline. So please, everybody do check it out. Do connect with Molly. In the show notes, we'll have um, Molly's uh, contact details. So if you want to connect with Molly, please reach out. And that's the end of another Money Honey show. Thank you everyone for tuning in again. Like I said, if we want to change the narrative, the only way to do that is to speak up or to share. If you feel like you are not ready to speak and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to be on the podcast. I don't want to speak. Fine. No problem. Listen, tune in and share it. Maybe there's people in your team. Maybe there's colleagues that actually need to hear this message or you actually can nominate someone. So in the spirit of positive pollination, which is what we call it at Manuka Media, um, we say, how can you pay it forward? How can you um, pay this forward and nominate someone? So I'll be asking Molly offline to nominate a colleague or a friend in the industry who she highly admires. Maybe it's a property investor. Maybe it's a BDM. Maybe you actually have um, you know, an underwriter that you really value. Whoever it is, please do nominate and help them understand that their voice is actually truly valuable and needs to be heard. And I'll see you on the next show. Woo! <coughs> 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 <coughs>